Welcome back to Veteran Oversight Now, an official podcast of the Veteran Affairs Office of Inspector General. This is your host, Adam Roy. In this month's episode, I'm talking with Inspector General Michael Missel. We're discussing our recently published semi-annual report to Congress. The report covers our oversight work from October 1, 2020 through March 31, 2022. As always, you can stay connected with the VA OIG by signing up for email alerts on our website, www.va.gov forward slash OIG, and get our reports, podcasts, and other information delivered right to your inbox. Find all episodes of Veteran Oversight Now, as well as our other podcast, Inside Oversight, on all major podcast directories. Mr. Missile, thank you for taking time to discuss the highlights of the OIG's important oversight work. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing very well. Thanks for joining me. All right, let's dive in. Mr. Missile, for the 87th time, the VA OIG has prepared a semi-annual report to Congress. This report covers our oversight of VA's programs and operations over the past six months. Big picture-wise, what story does the semi-annual report tell about the OIG's oversight activities? Adam, looking broadly, this SAR tells a tremendous story of achievement and impact. I want to recognize at the outset the VA personnel, many of whom balance exhausting personal and professional demands so they can provide the needed and deserved care, services, and benefits to veterans and their families. As we release this SAR, we have more OIG staff returning to the office and conducting more in-person site visits. This reflects our new normal that will most likely continue to evolve. Due to the pandemic, the OIG staff has had to think more creatively about how to conduct our work. And as a result, we now have a number of strategies and tools that can be deployed to better serve veterans and advance innovation going forward. I thank the OIG staff for their outstanding dedication and true commitment as they continue to provide effective, fair, and timely oversight. Couldn't agree more, sir. And speaking of effective oversight, let's turn now to the results of this SAR, which are impactful in many, many ways. Allow me to share a few results with our listeners. In this past six-month period, the OIG identified nearly $4.1 billion in monetary impact for a return on investment of $41 for every dollar spent on oversight. Very, very impressive. The OIG hotline received and triaged nearly 18,000 contacts in the last six months, and our investigators opened 173 investigations and closed 224, with efforts leading to 104 arrests. Mr. Missile, what comes to mind when you hear these numbers and results? Adam, these results demonstrate remarkable, productive, and impactful work across the past reporting period across all directorates. We work hard to meet our mission of effective oversight and our goal of continually improving as an organization. Despite challenges related to the pandemic, the quality and impact of our reports continued to increase. In the, sac- in the past six months, we published 121 reports, which generated 397 recommendations. While numbers are important and results matter, My main focus is on the impact that our work is having on improving the benefits and services received by veterans. For example, 
Our work in overseeing VHA's health care cannot be measured in dollars. Rather, improving health care is priceless. Moreover, our recommendations, if fully implemented, will directly improve VA's programs and services and save taxpayer dollars, and most importantly, improve the lives of our veterans and their families. Absolutely. Now, the IG's criminal investigators, they don't publish reports, but they are involved in investigating a wide range of criminal activity and civil violations of law, including fraud related to VA benefits, procurement, and health care. In these past six months, what kind of work did our investigators do? Adam, you're correct. They don't publish reports, but they are incredibly busy. During this reporting period, our investigators remain focused on high-impact criminal investigations and continue to coordinate closely with the Department of Justice and our other law enforcement partners. The Office of Investigation also worked closely with our data analytics to develop and adopt new tools and statistical methods for reviewing VA programs. Our office's cyber investigations and technical operations divisions deployed the OIG's first forensic enclave, a remotely accessible, independent, and secure network of servers and workstations. This forensic network will help OIG investigators conduct digital forensics in support of our criminal and administrative investigation. This is really a key development that is going to have significant implications down the road. These and other efforts enhance the detection of high-dollar fraud and support regional field offices in their efforts to work impactful criminal investigations. Excellent. Do you have any specific cases that would come to mind that exemplify these efforts? Sure. For example, a company based in Mansfield, Massachusetts, that provides kitchen and food service equipment to federal customers, agreed to pay a record $48.5 million settlement to resolve allegations that its fraudulent actions led to federal agencies improperly awarding small business set-aside contracts to three small businesses with which the company worked. The case began in May of 2019 when a whistleblower filed a KETAM complaint under seal in the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of New York. Per the False Claims Act, such complaints required the United States to investigate the allegations and elect whether to intervene or take other action. In this case, The United States elected to intervene in the action in December of 2021 and subsequently subsequently reached the $48.5 million settlement, of which VA will receive over $10 million. I'll add that this outcome wouldn't be possible without the strong partnerships we have with other federal agencies. In this investigation alone, the VA OIG worked with a number of other agencies including the U.S. Attorney Offices for the Northern District of New York and Eastern District of Washington, General Services Administration OIG, Small Business Administration OIG, Department of Homeland Security OIG, and many law enforcement components of DOD. Sir, I think that example really demonstrates the complexity of the work our investigators do. Can you share an example of where our investigators' efforts directly impacted the lives of our veterans? Absolutely. One thing that comes to mind, or one matter that comes to mind, 
is an identity theft scheme that targeted elderly U.S. citizens, some of whom were veterans. These were extremely vulnerable individuals. Here, multiple people in Jamaica engaged in a scheme that involved redirecting the monthly benefit payments of veterans and Social Security recipients to alternate bank accounts. The co-conspirators removed the funds, kept the portion, and sent the remainder back to Jamaica. The stolen funds were then loaded onto prepaid credit cards and mailed to co-conspirators in the Miami and Atlanta areas. These individuals also participated in telemarketing scams that targeted elderly U.S. citizens, including veterans. To date, 18 co-conspirators have been indicted in connection with the scheme, 15 of whom have been arrested and convicted, with 14 being sentenced to a combined 559 months of incarceration, 456 months of supervised release, 36 months of probation, and over 3.9 million in restitution. The loss to VA is more than $7 million. To me, investigations such as these highlight the importance of our work and the real influence we have in protecting veterans, stopping fraud, and protecting tax dollars. Indeed, you mentioned protecting tax dollars. Um, we continue to you know, hear more and more about criminal activity as a result of the pandemic. <clears throat> Uh, those individuals attempting to use the pandemic to take advantage of veterans and or the government. What work did our investigators do this reporting period related to the COVID-19 schemes? Adam, unfortunately, there were a number of cases involving COVID-19 uh, that we have worked on um, in the past two plus years. Let me, let me highlight two cases. In one, a registered nurse at the John D. Dingle VA Medical Center in Detroit, Michigan, was indicted for stealing authentic COVID-19 vaccination record cards from the facility. She filled in the vaccine lot numbers necessary to make the cards appear legitimate, then resold the cards for $150 to $200 each to individuals within the Detroit area. She was indicted of charges of theft of government property, property and theft or embezzlement related to a healthcare program. Another case involving COVID-19 involved the Assistant Chief of Supply Chain Management for the Gulf Coast Veterans Healthcare System, who stole N95 masks, electronics, and medical devices from the Biloxi VA Medical Center in Mississippi, and then sold them to secondhand retailers. The defendant made more than $73,000 by selling the masks for an average of $18.36 each, which was 35 times their procured value of 53 cents per mask. He was sentenced to 12 months of incarceration, 36 months of probation, restitution of more than $23,000, and a fine of $40,000. Those are great examples, sir. Let's change gears now and talk a little bit about the reports we published in this reporting period. The Office of Audits and Evaluations produced 78 reports resulting in 187 recommendations. Many of these reports acknowledged weaknesses in VA's governance and oversight as a contributing factor affecting program performance. Can you share some specific examples? Yeah, I could go on for hours and hours, but given the brevity of time we have, I'll focus on a few. Um, while many of our reports identified numerous erroneous payments to veterans and organizations, they could have been avoided if there were better internal controls. For example, 
One audit report concluded that a lack of oversight contributed to the incorrect processing of special monthly compensation benefits, which led to about $165 million in improper payments. Another audit report found that a similar lack of oversight in VHA led to about $135.7 million in improper payments for acupuncture and chiropractic services over a two-year period. Improved program oversight would have avoided these, these improper payments. The Office of Audits and Evaluations also identified potential strategies to improve the management of several key systems at selected VA facilities through financial efficiency reviews and IT reviews, uh, IT security reviews. Finally, our reports continue to highlight the need for VA to address deficiencies with its aging supply chain management system, which is absolutely critical to ensuring that supplies and equipments are available when and where they are needed for patient care and safety. We found that VA's initial attempt to transform its supply chain management through the adoption of a Defense Department system was replete with operational gaps that resulted in VHA staff developing multiple workarounds to maintain day-to-day operations. And in addition to VA supply chain management, the VAOIG also continued to focus on an equally important effort, VA's electronic health record modernization effort. In March of this year, the OIG's Office of Healthcare Inspections published three reports related to this multi-billion dollar project. What did these reports focus on? Our oversight work on the EHRM, given the importance it has to healthcare and the dollars involved, um, have been very reactive and very thorough. The three reports that we've put out focused on the system's initial rollout at the Mann Grant Staff VA Medical Center in Spokane, Washington. Since the system went live in October of 2020, we have received wide-ranging complaints to our hotline as well as concerns from members of Congress. These reports focused on problems with medication management, care coordination, and the ticketing process for staff to request help and report problems. We issued six recommendations across the three reports to the Deputy Secretary to address systemic issues that can affect future deployments. Combined with eight other reports related to electronic health record modernization, these reports continue to bring attention to the serious deficiency and failures of VA in implementing the new electronic health record system. And our oversight work in this area will continue, correct, sir? Absolutely, and it's continuing as we speak. Given the enormity of VA's 10-year multi-billion dollar electronic health record modernization effort and its potential impact on patient safety and the quality of health care provided to veterans, we will continue our oversight work related to EHRM with the hope that improvements can be made to this and future implementations of the system. Excellent. Now sticking with the work of our Office of Healthcare Inspections, I'd like to highlight a statement in the SAR. Uh, quote, while VHA leaders and frontline staff continue to exhibit an enduring commitment to veterans in an extremely dynamic, high-risk environment, several OHI reports demonstrated how a lack of care coordination and breakdowns in patient safety practices can lead to delayed diagnoses, serious harm, and as detailed in one report, a veteran's death, end quote. Sir, can you elaborate on this statement? 
Sure. I mean, that statement really encapsulates why our oversight um, work in healthcare is just so critically important. While patient safety is a shared responsibility among all who serve in a healthcare setting, it is ultimately dependent on proactive and engaged leadership. In our comprehensive healthcare inspection program, most notably known as CHIP reports, our teams visit individual facilities and we do focus on leadership stability as well as engagement with staff and patients. Several of our hotline reports published this reporting period highlighted the effect of VA leaders' failure to create an environment where staff at multiple levels felt empowered and safe to report on perceived compromises to patient safety. The lack of care coordination is widely apparent in the delayed cancer diagnosis of a veteran who died at the Raymond G. Murphy VA Medical Center in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Our healthcare inspection team assessed concerns regarding delays in clinical care and deficiencies in care coordination that led to a delay in the diagnosis of lung cancer. The team also evaluated facility leaders' responses to quality and timeliness of care and the medical center's teleradiology processes, the practice of a radiologist interpreting diagnostic images while not physically present in the location where the images are generated. And uh, what did this inspection team find? They found that a resident ordered an abdomen and pelvis CT scan, but did not follow up on the result. The radiologist had noted a possible spiculated lung nodule and recommended a follow-up chest CT scan in 90 days. Because both the resident and the supervising provider failed to address the result, the follow-up scan took 175 days to complete. The results indicated resolution of the lung nodule, but also revealed worsening of opacities in the lung, representing a possible infection or cancer. While a follow-up scan showed a lesion in the right lung, a biopsy was not completed. Sadly, the patient was examined and diagnosed with cancer at a non-VA hospital. The OIG concluded that poor oversight of resident physicians and deficiencies in care coordination between primary care, pulmonary, and emergency department staff contributed to delays in the diagnosis. In addition, contract teleradiologists did not use available prior images for comparison, and the medical center failed to use quality management and patient safety processes to evaluate the patient's care. Ultimately, we made six recommendations in this matter. And the organization will continue to follow up on those recommendations till completion. Uh, Now, the uh, office continued its oversight of vet centers, which are community-based clinics that provide a wide range of services to veterans and active duty and National Guard military members to support a successful transition from military life to civilian life. What are OIG's current inspection areas of focus here? So similar to our CHIP reports that review VA facilities regularly on a three-year cycle, our inspection teams also are visiting vet centers at regular intervals and focus on key topics. During this reporting period, we issued two vet center inspection program reports. Inspection areas focused on leadership and organizational risk, quality reviews, suicide prevention, consultation, supervision, and training, and environment of care. 
We have found that vet center leaders are taking our reports and findings seriously and using them as learning opportunities for vet centers we have not yet inspected. All right, sir. So we've discussed the work of our criminal investigators, our auditors, and healthcare inspectors. Can you share any outcomes from our Office of Special Reviews, specifically their oversight work related to the professional and ethical conduct of VA personnel? Sure. Let, let me highlight um, our administrative investigation to assess allegations that the former executive director of VBA's education services committed ethical violations arising from her spouse's consulting work for Veterans Education Success, a nonprofit advocacy group that regularly had business with VBA's education services office. As a result of the investigation, we made four findings. The most significant ones were that the former executive director violated conflict of interest rules and also that she participated in matters involving the nonprofit and sought career advice from the president of Veterans Education Success without considering whether it raised an apparent conflict of interest. Unfortunately, she refused to cooperate fully in our investigation, as she is required to do, by refusing to complete her follow-up interview. Her husband and the nonprofit president refused to participate in any OIG reviews, interviews. The former executive director resigned from VA in January of 2022, and as a result, we did not make any recommendations. However, the VA concurred with the findings in that report. This investigation demonstrate our commitment to holding VA leaders accountable and ensuring their commitment to the highest professional and ethical standards. Mr. Missile, thank you so much for your time today. Is there anything else you want to add before signing off? Absolutely, Adam. I just want to note that all of us at the OIG are passionate about the work that we do and the impact we have for veterans and their families. It is a true privilege and honor to help VA improve their operations and services. I encourage listeners to visit our website and read the semi-annual report to Congress as it summarizes the scope of our oversight work and the value we bring to veterans. I look forward to speaking with you again, Adam. Thank you again, IG Missile. And now I'll wrap up this episode of Veteran Oversight Now by highlighting some of our recent work from April 2022. Here are April's monthly highlights. I'll start with updates to the VA OIG's ongoing oversight of the VA's progress in implementing its electronic health record modernization program. On April 25th, we published a report titled Electronic Health Record Modernization Program did not fully meet the standards for a high-quality, reliable schedule. Here, we audited the EHRM program's master schedule for compliance with scheduling standards, and we identified reliability weaknesses, including missing tasks, no baseline schedule, and no risk analysis. VA concurred with our six recommendations to ensure the development of a more reliable, integrated master schedule and to comply with regulations. Then, on April 26, Deputy Inspector General David Case testified before the House Veterans Affairs Subcommittee on Technology Modernization. His statement focused on VA's progress in deploying the new patient electronic health record and highlighted the OIG's reports on issues at the initial operating site in Spokane, Washington. 
He also spotlighted the program's lack of a reliable implementation schedule that makes VA vulnerable to annual cost overruns of nearly $2 billion. Mr. Case answered questions about the new electronic health record, including the need for VA to develop an integrated master schedule that identifies all work to be done, accounts for infrastructure upgrades and improved training, and includes a risk assessment. You can find Mr. Case's written testimony and this report on our website. And if you want to watch the testimony, open up our monthly April monthly highlights and click on the link there. Now to a few updates to investigations. A multi-agency investigation revealed that two laboratories allegedly engaged in a kickback scheme involving marketers and physicians that resulted in approximately $300 million in losses to the government. The laboratories, through marketers, allegedly paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to doctors for advisory services that were never, never performed in return for laboratory test referrals. Two defendants pleaded guilty to conspiracy to pay and receive health care kickbacks and offering or payment of illegal kickbacks. Meanwhile, a benefits investigation resulted in charges alleging that a veteran stole more than $800,000 from VA by falsely claiming he was unable to use both feet and his left arm. The veteran reportedly could walk as well as drive unassisted and run a jukebox repair business from his home. He received nearly $9,000 per month from VA for his false claims of disabilities, and the veteran was indicted for theft of government funds. In April, the VAOIG published 10 reports. I'm going to highlight a few of them now for you. In a report published on April 21st, the VAOIG reviewed how the Veteran Benefits Administration, or VBA, provides monthly disability compensation or pension benefits to eligible veterans. To ensure that these payments properly stop when there is a record of a veteran's death, VA primarily relies on an automated process called the death match. In this review by our Office of Audits and Evaluations, we found that additional actions could prevent benefit payments from being sent to deceased veterans. The OIG team conducted a limited review of three samples of data and determined that VBA was unaware its systems failed to complete one automated weekly death match, resulting in payments continuing for 43 deceased veterans. VBA's electronic systems also contained incorrect Social Security numbers for more than half of sampled veterans, which may result in payments continuing after those veterans' deaths. VBA could also have minimized improper payments to some deceased veterans by obtaining death notification data from the Veterans Health Administration. Here we made three recommendations. Another report addressed the unopened mail backlog at the Atlanta VA healthcare system. In September 2021, the media reported on large quantities of unopened mail stored in the warehouse basement of the Atlanta VA Medical Center. An OIG review found the center and VHA's payment operations and management team mismanaged incoming mail starting in November 2020, resulting in a 10-month backlog of more than 17,000 mailed items. The mail included veterans' medical records, claims for payments from veterans and community care providers, and checks totaling nearly $207,000. The mail backlog followed a verbal agreement that transferred responsibility for the mail to the center's personnel, despite affected staff's exclusion from the preceding discussions. The center's leaders just lacked a clear understanding of the additional workload they assumed and did not ensure enough staff were adequately prepared for managing the influx of mail. Payment operations and management officials were later reluctant to help. VA concurred with the OIG's five recommendations, including addressing all negative consequences and facilities ongoing transfers of mail responsibility. The last report I want to highlight to you today 
is this is a management advisory memo titled Concerns with Consistency and Transparency in the Calculation and Disclosure of Patient Wait Time Data. The OIG issues management advisory memoranda when concerns are identified by OIG hotline allegations or in the course of its oversight work, particularly when immediate action by VA can help further reduce the risk of harm to veterans or significant financial losses. In June of 2021, a complainant alleged that the then-acting Principal Deputy Undersecretary for Health knew in the fall of 2019 that VHA's reporting on patient wait times for appointments may be misleading, but no responsive action was taken. The OIG found no evidence of an intent or effort to mislead related to wait time reporting, but VHA had employed different methodologies for calculating wait times reported online since 2014 and for determining whether wait time criteria are met for community care program eligibility. The methodologies deviated in some cases from VHA's scheduling directive and stated wait time measures, and as a result, VHA has used inconsistent start data that affect the overall calculations without clearly and accurately presenting that information publicly. To learn more about patient wait time data, I uh, spoke with Daniel Morris, who led the team that prepared the memo, on a recent episode of our podcast, Inside Oversight. I encourage you to find that episode on our website under the podcast page and give it a listen. Finally, I want to share the VA OIG's oversight work related to our hotline. Staff with our hotline complaint center accepts complaints from VA employees and the general public concerning criminal activity, waste, abuse, and mismanagement of VA's programs and operations. Some hotline complaints result in an inspection, audit, or review whose findings are published in OIG reports. Other hotline complaints are referred to relevant VA facilities for investigation. The April monthly highlights here includes two of these referred cases. In the first, a complaint alleged that a caregiver was providing inadequate, inadequate care to a veteran patient of the Dayton VA Medical Center in Ohio. The OIG referred this matter to the facility, which determined that the patient was last seen by a primary care provider in 2019. As a result of the case, the facility's social work service contacted the patient and caregiver to reestablish care. In addition, the local police department conducted a wellness check, which resulted in a report to Adult Protection Services about concerns of neglect. The social work service began working to get the veteran a hospital bed, and the caregiver was instructed to call a VA social worker if there were issues with utilities or other care concerns. The second case concerns the prevention of amputation in Veterans Everywhere, or PAVE. This program expands the care and treatment of veterans at risk for amputation or who have a prior amputation. A confidential complaint alleged that there is no active PAVE program oversight at the Beckley VA Medical Center in West Virginia. The facility investigated and determined that the increased workload in the podiatry clinic made it difficult for the full-time podiatry provider and nurse to comply with VHA policy, including establishing monitoring guidelines for foot checks and foot screenings and determining the level of risk for limb loss. As a result of this case, the facility approved a podiatry coordinator position who performs these functions in addition to providing clinic availability in the podiatry clinic and collaborating with the prosthetics department when necessary to order appropriate prosthetic appliances. That's it for April's highlights. If you want to read all monthly highlights for April, please go to va.gov forward slash OIG and select the publications tab and click on monthly highlights. Thanks for tuning in. This has been an official podcast of the VA Office of Inspector General. 
Veteran Oversight Now is produced by the Office of Communications and Public Affairs and is available at va.gov forward slash OIG. Tune in monthly to hear how the VA OIG serves veterans, their families, and caregivers through meaningful, independent oversight. Check out the website for more on the VA OIG oversight mission. Read current reports and keep up to date on the latest criminal investigations. Report potential crimes related to VA, waste or mismanagement, potential violations of laws, rules, or regulations, or risks to patients, employees, or property to the OIG online. Or call the hotline at 1-800-488-8244. If you are a veteran in crisis or concerned about one, call the Veterans Crisis Line at 1-800-273-8255. Press 1 and speak with a qualified responder now.